Welcome to Shift with CJ. I'm your host CJ and together we will explore the areas of health, human performance, biohacking, psychology and much more that will inspire you to become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Shift with CJ podcast. Why is it special? Because today I have someone special in the biohacking studios. Yeah, you guys have been asking me this for a very long time. Everyone's always like, hey, can you tell us about our hair? Because, you know, we might be losing it. It's too rough. It's too dry. It's too greasy. And these aren't really problems that I've heard from women. A vast majority of them have been women. But men, classically, which don't care about their hair health, at least, they have certain problems in life. They have problems that they might not be with a wonderful partner or they might have a problem that they have an ever-expanding belly, or they have a problem that they don't have enough money. But now there is another problem, that they have a receding hairline. (laughs) And today on the show, I've got an expert for you. Dr. Manisha, welcome to the show. Thank you, CJ. I'm very glad that uh, we are doing this here, because I clearly feel like uh, the hair industry is such an underserved market. And uh, there is a lot of inexact science uh, when you talk about hair restoration. Uh, So yeah, I'm very glad that we're doing this and thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. And one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on this show was because I have had a lot of hair influencers on my Instagram and everyone's just endorsing a product and everyone's just talking about, oh, wow, how does this thing, um, you know, it gives me great results. But very few people in this world are now informing or educating people about the exact science, the biohacks, if you want to call it, or the tricks, or just like what is really working. And when I went through your profile, I saw that you are constantly delivering really good scientific information regarding hair health. And that is what everyone needs. We've had enough Instagram influencers and enough celebrities, which have been mostly paid to endorse a product, but no one is really telling you what that product is doing and why it might work. So. It's a pleasure for me to have you on today's podcast and I'm excited because, you know, um, hair, as you know, is like, you know, everyone has got hair and like the, the, your normally we see our cart, like we see like arterial fabrication or like we see some kind of blood vessel clotting or like our blood sugar going too high or something else where you're restricted with movements and you're like, oh, I think I might be unhealthy, but when your hair keeps falling, or you know, you're seeing this weird pattern of baldness going on, especially around thirties or like late forties. No one seems to think that they might not be healthy. And every organ, everything in our body is sort of connected to our health. So if one thing goes wrong, like for many, for decades, people didn't even think like if something's gone wrong with their teeth or they have gum pain, that something is sort of like going wrong in their system or their biology. But now we are having more evidence that everything is sort of connected. And talking about like teeth, you were an ex-dentist, correct? Yes, I used to be a dentist. You used to be a dentist, okay. <laughs> that was like eons ago. I, okay. I quit dentistry uh, almost 10 years now. Uh, but I did practice for two years, and uh, every time I woke up and I went to a dental clinic, I really didn't feel very uh, cold towards, mm-hmm. uh, if I may just add, although I had a very tangible impact in every clinic that I worked through. 
Uh, I just felt this was not my calling and uh, I was 23 years old. Mm. I think I wasn't thinking about the repercussions, but I just took a plunge and gave that career off to just understand who I really was and uh, uh, just the question of why am I here mm. uh, was so strong uh, that I did not really uh, think about the consequences of leaving a career that I studied so hard for. Uh, fast forward 10 years, um, I did not just do uh, head education as my full time, uh, but I also have had experience in the F&B, mm -hmm. uh, if I may add, in this country, and uh, that kind of gave me uh, navigation towards so much that we as individuals have the potential to tap into and contribute mm -hmm. at the same time. Uh, and uh, during pandemic, while I was still with my corporate job, uh, I kind of uh, felt there was uh, definitely a health issue that I was going through because I saw hair all over my house. And that, for a woman, is uh, a very powerless feeling. And uh, my mom, when I was a really small kid, she would kind of like do like a chomping, uh, mm -hmm. we call it like a scalp or a massage yeah. in India. She would do this very regularly for my sister and me and uh, because I was already a wellness uh, certified nutritionist, I was already sharing a lot of information on Instagram thanks to this platform, uh, which kind of brings us also together and helps us to share whatever it is that we have. And uh, I realized that a lot of people are coming back to me with only this one issue, which is hair, which I was also kind of facing myself. And uh, my mom used to kind of create this uh, oil out of her kitchen and uh, with my understanding a little bit about wellness, adaptogens, Ayurvedic herbs, I kind of upgraded that recipe and created a product uh, which uh, not just helped me but it also helped uh, people who started placing the order mm -hmm. on Instagram and uh, that kind of uh, enabled me to tap into this underserved market which uh, I think only talks about uh, how a product kind of like helps you stop a particular symptom but with Ayurveda which goes back thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of years ago it uh, taps into your root cause and uh, this product which uh, I've been selling for over two years now has enabled people to not just stop the symptoms but also understand that there is so much deep-rooted that they were going through because the oil not just like stops the hair fall, but also calms your senses and, and that kind of led me to go one step further and through my online course and give credibility uh, for someone who's created a product uh, comes with some understanding of uh, the hair or uh, follicular health which is a very complex system and just topically addressing that is is not the only thing that you can do and that enabled me to tap into the market and reach out to more and more people and that's why I do what I do today. And I'm so happy that you do what you do today and congratulations because like when you were mentioning about your story, the part that you know you studied so hard to become a dentist, you had a successful career, but then there was some part of you which wasn't satisfied and you know for everyone who's listening out there, normally people have this realization when they're like 28, 29 or 30 but uh, Nisha had it quite early, so kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. Although I didn't know what it is that I was going to do, but I really definitely knew that dentistry was just not cut out for me. I wasn't able to uh, be in my element, uh, which I am, uh, 
right now today. Yeah, today you're a biohacker because you biohack your mom's old oil recipe and like <laughs> sort of, and that's that's what we call biohacking. You're you have a biology that you know was thriving, and then suddenly something happens, and then you're in this state where you are stressed out and you don't know what to do, and then yeah. you sort of use all the information, all the channels, whether it is tapping into traditional Chinese medicine or traditional Ayurvedic medicine or like looking at some nutrition and like seeing what matters and then even taking anecdotal evidence from your parents and maybe great-grandparents and then you know like a lineage of traditions that have been passed down so that is what we call biohacking and everyone if biohacking is about the show is about biohacking so welcome we have another one in our community yeah you know uh, uh, funny enough I actually uh, would uh, before I uh, focused all my uh, energy into as a as a hair educator. I used to call myself a biohacker. Yeah, we're all because biohackers. That's why I faced the age. Like I, I do believe aging is a disease, and uh, just because everybody ages, we think it's such a norm. But no, getting old is fine, but aging for me is a no no. And hair fall is a very very important consequence of aging, which we all can biohack. Which we all can biohack. So let's understand how to biohack it. But before we begin to jump into the solutions, I think one of the most important things that is required for biohacking is clearly understanding what we are dealing with. Because only when we completely understand the problem, we can sort of like find loopholes and like get into the other side, get some things out, get some things in. So let's talk about why are people losing their hair? Like, why were you losing your hair? Why do people lose their hair? Um, and this show is sort of like equally divided between men and women. So if there is something um, something specific that stands out for men, I would like you to address it. If there's something very specific that stands out for women, then I would like you to address it as well. Yeah. So before we like really dive into the biology of why we have hair fall, uh, understanding of what hair is. So we all know that hair, this is a dead fiber. It is the hair follicle which is alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the reason why we have hair fall, it all boils down to understanding the phases in which hair grows. So that's very critical for everyone to know before we know the root cause. So that's the antigen, telogen. Correct. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. So I'll yeah. let her explain this. Go yeah. Ahead. So, so it's categorized into three phases. There's a growing phase, uh, there is a resting phase, and then there's a degenerative phase. Now this phase is for a total of three months, which is ninety days. Whenever there is any disruption in this phase, that's when you see hair fall, you see premature brain, you see uh, itchiness in your scalp. There are multiple uh, symptoms that you face before you actually see hair fall because our body is constantly communicating to us. So uh, we all know like in today's times, everybody is living in a life of fight flight. They are constantly in a state of uh, sympathetic activation, which is our central nervous system. Side, which we don't want to be active all the time. It's good when we are doing like a really good workout where we need that cortisol rush. Uh, but on the contrary, even when there's no potential threat outside of our body or in our environment, like when your boss is screaming at you, oh, it could be an <laughs> or a traffic jam. It could be a, a dominating boss. It could be an overpowering partner. It could be just you not uh, happy with your own self. There could be multiple reasons for your sympathetic activation. But what we don't. Uh, I think most of us, because uh, we are in the same uh, circle, we, we think everyone knows, but no, uh, parasympathetic state of activation is what our body understands the most, being in a state of rest, digest, calm, 
uh, which enables our uh, muscles to tone down, blood pressure to fall. Uh, just being like basically switch from survival mm-hmm. to thriving. Mm-hmm. Right? Just for uh, our, our listeners to know that what do we need to live a very simple, basic, comfortable life, no clothing shelter. Right? Mm-hmm. This is survival. Yeah. We cannot uh, go in a thriving mode if these three things are not taken care of. Similarly, for our body, our digestion, our thyroid, our reproductive system, they all need to be in a survival mode so that the body can like, you know, travel through and uh, put you in a thriving state. And body does not care if you have great hair, great skin. You yeah. can be bald or you can be surviving, right? So good hair, good skin only comes when you are in a thriving mode. So it's all about resource allocation. So what exactly. Nisha is trying to say here, guys, is that if you're stressed out, like let's say you did not find parking or you were late for school, you're activating this state of your nervous system, which sort of rushes, gives you a lot of energy because it rushes these glucocorticoid hormones or like let's say stress hormones called norepinephrine, uh, cortisol, and all of these things are kind of get you into that hyper hyperactive mode and you know you get more things done and you're you but you're at the end of the day you're not relaxed your mind is always running you're always thinking about things and you're not just in a relaxed zen um sort of like a mindset where which you would have maybe by meditation maybe by when you're watching a movie and what happens is when you're in this phase which we call it sympathetic nervous system your all of your body's resources are reallocated yeah. to your extremities yeah. because it wants you to run up from a fear or fight a battle and also because our scalp has a blood supply mm-hmm. anti-gravity so what our body does is it taps into this energy resource of the scalp and allows you to power through because it cares about you and not beating it wants you to run away from this uh, potential threat, but there is actually no threat. Yeah, most, of, most of, of you guys <laughs> who are sort of like, including me, most of us are just like reacting on useless threats, which are yeah. not really threats. And you would be surprised that running from a tiger 10,000 years ago and sort of like, you know, getting late for a meeting or screwing up a presentation is actually the same sort of stress. You just don't see a tiger anymore. and. Yeah. Um, the body doesn't know, yeah, but it's just going to react the same way. And just for the sake of this uh, podcast, I have uh, categorized these triggers, which we on a day-to-day basis experience and face. So uh, categorically, there can be an external source and there can be an internal trigger, right? And we know that skin is the interface between the environment and our systemic function. Uh, we are constantly exposed to pollutants from the environment. Uh, we are constantly using styling products, especially men. Yeah. Uh, the wax and the gels, it is a chemical. So basically, it is categorized as an external toxin uh, exposure. What happens is, because our environment is uh, constantly reacting with whatever it is that you're applying on your skin or on your hair, uh, oxygen is in play. Now, when these pollutants or uh, styling products interact with oxygen, there's something called reactive oxygen species, which is formed. And that penetrates through your skin, and your skin is the largest organ. So because it penetrates through the skin, there is a multitude of reactions that are happening uh, and having a dominoes effect on not just your hair fall, but your systemic uh, condition. This is the external factor. Yeah. Now, when this uh, reactive oxygen species seeps through your skin, uh, there's an internal reaction that's happening. 
what it does is it kind of pushes your growing phase of hair into the catechin phase where it stops growing and that's when you see there's a hair plant on your hair that doesn't grow beyond a certain length which I think I was experiencing. Um, not anymore. I'm sure. Not anymore <laughs> because I've clearly hacked it out of the yeah. secrets. Uh, so that's what happens uh, internally. Internally, not just there's an exposure, but as, as we spoke about stress, there is a systemic stress uh, we all are experiencing, but hair follicle, it locally also produces its own cortisol. Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yes, a localized uh, cortisol production uh, whenever there's a reactive oxygen species or anything that you are thinking uh, and is putting you in a state of nervousness. So there is localized and systemic reaction to stress. Now, stress, we all know, can stop your head, can uh, manifest in the form of excessive hair because it pushes your hair from catagen to telogen. Telogen is the, the, the phase when the hair starts falling. And that's why people always wonder when they're washing their hair or they're applying oil or when they're just sitting in a meeting room or wherever, they wake, they get up and they see like clumps of hair falling. Mm -hmm. So this is your body communicating to you something. That something is off, right? Yes. And because of the stress, now this is like just in the cascade of reactions that are happening. Once there is stress, because your body is super intelligent, I think this is a bio machine that we should all be grateful for. Every single day we wake up. Now, because there is stress, our body innately will produce defense reactions, right? There will be uh, inflammation because the body does not want you to uh, kind of give in to this stress. So there will be. A T cell activation, your immunity will try to come into play. But because we are, because there will be a consistent uh, exposure to stress, inflammation is bound to happen. Now, what happens when there is a stress and inflammation together? Uh, hyaluronic acid mm -hmm. and uh, glycans, uh they come down to forty percent. Okay. And HLA, uh, which we will incorporate as it reduces, uh, when it reduces to forty percent, and it kind of protects your hair follicles. Obviously, so stress, inflammation together—it's mm -hmm. a perfect recipe for hair disaster. For for. and the third thing, yeah. because we are uh, hormonally regulated, <laughs> putting one and one together—it's obviously it's going to impact your hormonal, your endocrine system. Mm -hmm. uh, your testosterone is going to shoot up. Uh, your thyroid is going to get imbalanced, and these are the two main hormones which. Uh, are to look out for when you have any sort of a hair distress. And imagine somebody, like consider uh, when we were all exposed to COVID, mm -hmm. uh, there is not just stress, inflammation, but imagine somebody who already has a PCOS or a thyroid imbalance. Yeah. goes out of that, their system doesn't know what to do. Exactly. So now this is like an even perfect recipe for disaster uh, for you to fix that for, or any hair issues. Interesting. Okay, so I love how you beautifully categorize it into three parts and let's let's jump into these three parts and explore them a little bit more further so people sort of have like a clear idea of what we're talking about. I mean, honestly, I agree with everything that you've said, especially the part about, I also feel that physical, emotional, psychological, any sort of stress that can impact you in some way or the other can also reduce, like there are some studies that show like Intelligent activity increases by 70% yeah. by just by being in stress. And I like how you mentioned about like the past year in the pandemic, we were all, most of the people were suffering for this. 
crazy thing that we should not name, otherwise we would be kicked out of podcasting. You know, there are so much of crazy things going on. So the flu that most of the people had or are still having, um, there are cases and recorded cases where in the hospitals where people were admitted and sort of got better, at least 22% of them are still after a year, year and a half facing hair loss and having some hair problems. So that is that just explains all of that, like, you know, that's extreme stress to the body. That's why a lot of people are facing telogen, telogen, or telogen, I don't know how people pronounce it. Yeah. I say telogen, that's yeah. uh, which happens when stress, inflammation combined with a hormonal imbalance uh, results in more hair fall. And the, the, the beauty about hair is that it's a cyclical organ. So any, any damage that happens to the hair follicle, uh, considering it's these three factors, it's reversible. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, I am not a trichologist, I am not a practicing uh, doctor for hair, but if it goes to a point where it's alopecia or where people are, then this podcast should not be their benchmark mm. because then they definitely need a trichologist and they need uh, some professional nutritional advice, so just to display more. Okay, <laughs> so if you guys are at the extreme ends and you're getting to androgenic alopecia or some of those states, but I also think that even if people who are listening and they are at that extreme stage, incorporating whatever we are about to say, of course, it yes. will make a huge difference yeah. because you know the body is always recycling and the cells are always recycling. And whether it be local or systemic inflammation, the more you sort of get your body rid of inflammation, I think it is one of the biggest standing factors of anti-aging at this point. Like, that is actually the number one thing that I tell yeah. my clients. It's the inflammation, which is the number one cause of your health. It's, it should be just called inflammation. What do you think about it? <laughs> it shouldn't be even called like inflammation. It should be called inflammation. <laughs> oh, well, that's an interesting term. But if you look at any uh, genetic predisposition that people have to have, it's also psychological, but it also is a fact that uh, they. They, they kind of believe, like, you know, if they have a genetic group, they are going to mm-hmm. fall. They're going to have hair loss. But no, it's about, uh, as you say, biohacking. It's not just uh, changing your biology outside, but you can transform the biology from within uh, so that uh, you can be whatever it is that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, for me, uh, I set an intention two years ago, like, yes, I'm going to get rid of this hair plateau and yeah. I'm going to make sure my hair grows like never before. And for now, I would say, like, my hair has never been uh, in this state. You have beautiful hair for people who are listening and you can't see this podcast. Let me tell you, Manisha has got beautiful, long, <laughs> shiny hair. Thank you, thank you. So I think it's uh, also about subconscious reprogramming uh, and that's where biohacking is such an important thing uh, to incorporate. Uh, having uh, Actually, I tell my clients, like whenever you are applying the scalp oil or anything that you're doing with your hair, have positive affirmations. Yeah. Internalizing positive affirmations. Uh, just goes to say how strong our mind is and uh, it can give you whatever it is that you want if you know how to manipulate uh, your thinking process. Also, it uh, adds on to the other point that we spoke about before. When your body is into this fight or flight response, whether you're thinking about the bills to play or the emails to send and then let's say you're putting out a hair oil, your body is literally going to reject everything that you put on it and only the time where you sort of like take a back step, take some deep breaths, have your exhales longer than your inhale, you shift yourself into this parasympathetic or relaxing phase where your body is sort of ready to accept all the nutrients, 
use all the resources, like you know, put more blood towards your head, like absorb more. It's from, luxury, right? Yes, it's luxury. Driving is a luxury, and it's just like it's so simple. It's just you just have to relax. All you have to do is just relax, and the body will take care of itself. That's why they call it rest, digest, repair, regenerate. Uh, for those of you who thought parasympathetic, I don't know why they keep complicated names. Yeah, it's just rest and digest, guys. It's just your nervous yeah. system is in a very relaxed frame of mind, and that is the frame of mind your body understands the most, and that's when all the healing happens mm-hmm. uh, on a cellular level. And also, like um, she mentioned about um, these genes. Now, the last time I checked, there were about two hundred fifty genes that are associated with some sort of. Uh, some sort of a common air problem that a lot of people would get, but also remember that we've only discovered twenty thousand genes. So if you take a percentage, that's not much. Uh, Two fifty out of twenty thousand. Some people say it's thirty thousand. And um, another thing, while you're doing your affirmations or subconscious programming, one of the one of the things which is super 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 important is, as we mentioned, that you relax into it. Yeah. Because the moment you sort of think that oh you have this genetic variant that you know you did a did a gene scan and you see saw something which you know interferes with your hair growth, that is just your genetic profile. It's not you because there is something called as epigenetics, which exactly. means the way and the environment in which these genes are turned off or turned off. It's just like the software. Yeah, so you your genes have, are like the software. Yeah, so you can turn them on, yeah. you can turn them off. And it won't uh, run unless and until you, I mean, it won't uh, have any implication unless and until you run that program, which is something that you're born with. And I do agree that 20% is genetics, but 80% is epigenetics. And that's why we have things like diet, we have supplements, we have. Uh, so many other mm-hmm. non-invasive procedures which are now which out there. Which we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, out there for you to arrest this whole aging process, which mm-hmm. I call. One of them is helpful. Okay. That's why her name on Instagram is KHDA. By the way, I love that name. <laughs> Thank you so cool. much. So let's go. Let's look into these three phases. The first one is external. So what is external again? It's all these chemicals that we're using, correct? Okay. Um, it's the constant exposure to the environment. It's constantly interacting, right? And that's something we don't have a control over. I mean, we do live in a very unnatural environment. That's something given. Like right now, you and I are not breathing the most natural uh, air, right? We're so, breathing in air that smells good, but yeah, it's not very natural. Yeah, but, it's, but you know, uh, we all have come to a point where we have understood that. And I think our body is so intelligent that even that has kind of understood that. Yes, this is not the most natural. A surrounding that I'll be always exposed to, and that's why uh, we hack our internal system. Mm-hmm. External is just a part for us to know that maybe minimizing uh, products which are uh, not uh, paraben free or which are not having free because uh, there is a there is an implication over a period of time because chronically when you use something, uh, your body is just it. So right? phthalates and parabens, these are these. Toxins, correct? Toxins which, which are, are mostly in the, in the skin and the hair products. Okay, so most of the, if you're a conscious consumer and you want to take away something from this podcast, then. Um, this is just surface level, I'm sorry, but yeah. this is just surface level because there's a lot of uh, awareness now in terms of cruelty free uh, products, uh, people who are actually like, like my products, completely handcrafted. Something is having 100% natural ingredients. Uh, there's uh, minimal to no 
or a toxin exposure. Mm-hmm. So that's for sure. Like that's why kind of support the homegrown brands, support yeah. small businesses, which are made with a lot of love, but they are also chemical. Are you saying affirmations when you're formulating these? I can't mantra as I'm okay. listening to Janvi Harrison when I'm uh, brewing my oil. <laughs> Amazing. And that also has a very big impact, guys. Sound frequency, it's unbelievable. We don't have enough. Now we're having a lot of science and data around it, but this is technology that's been used for thousands of years according to many ancient tribes. And, you know, it's always worked. We just need more data on it. But, okay, so normally for us and men, I would, uh, I could speak for men more, that most of us would be using some sort of vax or gel or recently I have been using this hair mask, uh, okay. which is, you know, it, so so what happened, a uh, short story, rewind one year ago, I was, uh, it was my 30th birthday and and I was in, I was uh, in quarantine for 14 days. So as soon as I got out, I wanted to do something crazy for like two weeks. Oh, that's so when I you colored, went down there? Yeah, so I colored my <laughs> hair like ash white, ash blonde. And um, for a guy who's never spent much time like coloring his hair, I didn't really know how this process works. So I just asked a few friends, can you suggest me a place where I can go and get this color done? And they were like, yeah, sure, go to this place in Jumeirah and you can do it. And now I'm thinking that most of the people that I see with colored hair have good hair. So, you know, it, the coloring doesn't do anything. But they bleached my hair. They did three sorts of procedures yes. to get that hair color. Fast forward two weeks later, I had to dye them black again because I couldn't keep them for more than two weeks. And for the next seven to eight months, I had the worst hair fall on this planet. Yeah. My hair were super dry. They had literally no life in them. And I was talking to a few people and most of the people were like, use more conditioner, use more, um, use more of this hair mask and use all of these things. So a person who's sort of had damaged hair would probably go to some treatment or hair mask or something else. And then we have the other route, which some guys would go, which would be to take some kind of an Ayurvedic, like a coconut oil or like an um, oil made from amla or something else, and then massage them into their hair or like a hair cream, like a coconut oil hair cream or like an almond oil hair cream. So, so which of these yeah. are, which of these are correct? Like, Sorry to burst your myth, but once your hair is bleached, uh, there's just no way back. Yes, hair is a cyclical organ, but when I say cyclical, it starts from the hair color. So I have been there uh, teaching myself, like I, I colored my hair completely blonde and there was, and at that point I did not even have enough a resource of information because I was still working. Uh, but from from my understanding of what I, as a girl, because I think we girls are more attuned with how our hair kind of reacts, the only thing I could do is like chop them off. That's literally what everyone told me, but yes. I was like, no. Because as I said <laughs> in the beginning of the podcast, it's a dead fiber. Yeah. It's the hair follicle that needs to be nourished on a regular basis. And as long as that hair follicle is alive, uh, you can manipulate your hair growth. It only comes to a point when the hair follicle dies from within uh, because of some sort of cell apoptosis. And that happens uh, when there is a chronic exposure to inflammation and when there are not adequate steps taken towards that, that's when the cell death happens. Mm-hmm. And that's when your hair follicle completely closes down. Most of my hair follicles probably were closed down. <laughs> no, I don't think it was your hair follicle. It was your hair that was damaged. Okay, yeah, my yeah, hair. In, right. in most of the male and female balding pattern that uh, I, I come across uh, in my 
day to day because I have so many DMs yeah. <laughs> considering the airport I think I think in itself is such a pandemic. Uh, in that case also there is something called as hair follicle miniaturization that happens when the testosterone shoots up mm-hmm. and uh, what happens when testosterone is way above a normal range it converts into DHT. Now DHT is dihydrotestosterone. Now this kind of mimics the androgenic receptors in mm-hmm. our hair follicles. They both fight for the same kind of nutrition. Mm-hmm. So it happens that DHT takes over yes. and uh, this is the most contributing factor in males and females as well because uh, just for the stats, 40% of women as they hit menopause, they experience uh, mm-hmm. hair loss. And 40% is huge if you look like half the women. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's like yeah. a staggering number to think about like why only if we could like hack our biology by taking the right supplements mm-hmm. and by living a low inflammatory lifestyle mm-hmm. and getting the right supplements because our soil is deficient in all the nutrients that we need on a day-to-day basis. Sure. Right? So DHT is, uh, I wouldn't say the number one reason. It's a contributing factor, yes, but just knowing the know-hows helps you take a better decision and a step towards your health. DHT is super interesting because there have been multi-billion dollar industries now which claim to basically um, sort of block this DHT. DHT which is not the best thing to do. Yeah, I also would, I also would argue strongly that uh, inhibition of DHT would get you some results, but only focusing on DHT inhibition, which is uh, like you mentioned, is an androgen. Uh, yes, we have testosterone in our body, and then there are many androgens and DHT is one, and it's sort of like all of these so-called drugs like finasteride or finasteride and minoxidil. So most of them, how they sort of work is like they act mm-hmm. on this 5-alpha reductase, which is 5-AR. So there is there are 5-alpha reductive type 2 enzyme inhibitors, and they sort of like block the DHT. But when you sort of like look at, look at a holistic picture, of course, there are so many scientists which will say, okay, this is the only thing to do and this yeah. is the only way to go. But then you look at DHT and DHT is responsible for all the hair follicles in your body. It's not just in your scalp, right? It's like, it gives you yeah, some yeah, it's beard, hair, chest hair, hair, body hair. And we see that a lot of people who are getting bald, not all the time, their body hair is also like, they're losing body hair, men and women together. And I have seen multiple studies where personally, I don't advise people to use DHT inhibitors because what DHT inhibitors do, just because of blocking this 5AR mechanism uh, pathway, they also, people have a lot of insomnia, they have sexual problems, they have hormone dysregulation, yes. there are so many suicidal attempts after medicines like these, they have some um, cognitive issues. So I prefer not to tell people about this. Um, At least systemically, yeah. there's a all these implications. Uh, and also it builds up in, like, DHT is normally built up only in the localized area where um, you're sort of like, let's say, if in your scalp, if you were experiencing, like, higher levels of testosterone, but DHT doesn't go up in the bloodstream. So it's not something that we're right. looking can go systemically, it's just mostly on the localized mostly area. Mostly localized, and we do not want to block all of it. Yes. Exactly. And that's why uh, I have uh, looked into a lot of uh, products that are looking at incorporating finasteride topically 
because then it's just gonna be like a localized yeah, uh, action. Yeah, even like for minoxidil, minoxidil works on a, a slightly different principle. But minoxidil is mostly for women. Uh, it's it's like a. Have you ever like had a chance to use minoxidil? I I have um, not minoxidil. Yeah, it's a very it's 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 a very like greasy, sticky, and has a very weird smell. Can cause irritation. So yeah. about minoxidil, it's very funny how it even like came into existence. It was actually a blood pressure pill, minoxidil. Interesting. Uh, and when people were consuming that, they realized they have hair on their knuckles. So it's like one man's side effect was one a, man's indication. Is this the same thing as like in the US they have Rogaine? Is that minoxidil? And that's how Rogaine was born. Okay, got it. Yeah. That's how that that's the history of minoxidil. That's why I say one man's side effect turned out to be one man's indication, yeah. and uh, that's how funnily, like that's why I say this, the science for hair growth, for hair loss, is so inexact. Mm-hmm. By the way, just for the stats, it's an eighty-eight billion dollar industry. Eighty-eight billion. Wow. Yeah, and the hair restoration for men itself is like one point two billion dollar. And as you were like saying, I said, many people yeah. are now scared, uh, like scared about their hair health. And when I say hair restoration, I only talk about hair transplant which is the step where people uh, go for when they have tried literally everything mm-hmm. and nothing's worked so basically the hair follicle is dead so in hair, po- in hair transplant you get the hair follicles uh, from the occipital bone uh, mm-hmm. from the, like from yeah. the back side uh, and they just like kind of relocate or uh, yeah. channelize these hair follicles in the front so that it looks ugly in the beginning like people are these are the people who will have their hair and they will be wearing caps like you know, your friend is suddenly wearing caps and he's gone to like some of these places like India at 30 and he's had less hair. Yeah. And suddenly you find a lot of like, you know, they've had a interesting hair growth for sure. It's, but again, it's a it's a, only a hair restoration yeah. procedure. If you do not maintain a healthy lifestyle thereafter, even that will not work. So that's why my approach is so holistic. I always uh, encourage more and more people to have a regular scalp oil massage because uh, vascularity is by far the number one reason why we have hair issues because blood carries all the nutrients, it carries the oxygen, it carries uh, all the vital things that your hair needs uh, for its survival yeah. in the first place. So, just vascularity, if maintained right from the beginning, yeah. it's, it, it, it shouldn't be like a reaction, it should be a preventative uh, measure to your. Uh, lifestyle and most of the people who are sort of in these experiencing these problems you also see that they don't engage in a lot of exercise they're exactly. mostly sitting um, in front of a desk um, and that reduces their you know blood flow and all of those things but so what do we use to style our hair let's get down to the nitty-gritty so now i'm a guy i don't want to use my after listening to this podcast i don't want to listen i don't want to have gel or wax because now we know that you know it could have it's not very healthy for me and i don't want to pay so much for being bald so but you have really good i think you've done something yeah. really good you're biohacker <laughs> right so yeah i think you've had i, I go well. through the basic principles every day yeah so let's say like what would you advise like a woman or a man to use on a regular basis something that would like sort of give them a little bit of style but doesn't yeah. come up with all of those uh, either like endocrine destructing chemicals like phthalates, toxins, and other stuff. It's a very simple strategy. Just turn around and read, read your labels and just see in what concentration are they using uh, these chemicals because they always put the chemical which is in the highest uh, concentration uh, mm-hmm. in the first uh, few ingredient list. Okay. That that is one. Like be aware, be aware, like be mindful in terms of uh, picking your brands. Uh, the second would obviously be like uh, make sure you're uh, doing some 
little bit of a research when you're picking up, say, like a bond repair product. Uh, there are uh, multiple studies which kind of prove that silicones are not bad for you. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of girls, and I don't know about boys, but a lot of girls that come to me for consultation, they think that anything that has silicone is actually bad for you. But you know, uh, silicones are used in a particular dosage. They are obviously formulated out of the lab. And uh, when you use it mindfully, when you know, and if it's a patent formula, like I, I'm not trying to uh, talk about any no, brand no. here, uh, and I'm not um, even like endorsing them, but I honestly like from personal experience, it may sound like a very personalized experience, but I have done a little bit of a research on all the chemicals that I even like before I even tell people, I've done a little bit of a research. So dimethicone is not bad, but yes, it creates like a buildup which you can use a clarifying shampoo and get it off but your bonds in the hair which are done like some fine bonds they are constantly breaking down so to make sure that they're legal uh, you can use silicones but again uh, using and reading your labels mindfully is something that you should incorporate in your daily life and if not you can always reach out to an expert yeah you can always uh, <laughs> type in page on instagram and you can get a hold of me yeah okay so we, awareness is the key okay so as long as people know that they are some sort of like um, doing some kind of a research or they're looking for these small indicators like okay carbon free powder free uh, chemical free, yeah. natural, or like ninety percent natural or ninety five percent natural. That's much better than investing in um, a cheaper product, which will really result in long term damage. And also, it it's not rocket science because most of the times these uh, these chemicals they thicken your hair so much, and then there is not enough. You know, sometimes I use these bags and I can't even like move my hand or my finger to. Uh, Again, like this is very surface level situation when we're talking, but if we really have to make sure our hair, first of all, grows in the most uh, healthy way, uh, you definitely have to dig. You have to go internal. You have to get a blood work done to see what exactly is going wrong, right? Like, uh, is it the beach product? Is it the testosterone? Is it the DHT? Is it the thyroid, which is out of uh, whack? So, anytime and every time people come to me for getting their hair right, the first thing is to go inside to get a blood work done. There is just like no excuse of that. What are some of the most important biomarkers that uh, someone should keep on their top of their head? Maybe someone who's listening to this podcast has recently done a blood analysis, but they do not know what to look at. What are some of the most key um, things that you would look at? So as I said, beach file, because I think uh, there's a trend now, everyone wants to be vegan, mm-hmm. uh, and we do not get beach, enough beach file from plant-based sources. Uh, that's why having uh, indication as to where you are in terms of your beach file level, where you are in terms of your ferritin, where you are in terms of your thyroid, with antibodies, very important. A lot of people forget to get that test done. And of course, DHT, and cortisol, mm-hmm. and insulin. So actually, yeah, okay. it's like and and So and. there is insulin, and if you guys are driving, please don't take notes. Play this podcast again. But if you're sitting in your house and you have your iPhones or notepads, then note this down. You've got testosterone, DHT, B12. You've got iron, iron so ferritin, things like that. Um, you've got what else? Cortisol. Cortisol, insulin. AM and PM, because okay. uh, when we wake up, we wake up with a slightly higher yeah. We want to get things done, so obviously it will be a little higher, but during the night, your cortisol should be at its minimum. 
because you want to let your body heal and uh, rejuvenate and uh, restore everything that you've gone through. So all these parameters are extremely important when you really are looking at improving your health. Okay. And only then you would be able to take an informed uh, action and get the supplements right. And also when you're getting the blood work done, uh, it's very important to make sure that everything is in an optimal reference range and not okay. normal. We yeah. don't want normal. Yeah, yeah we don't want to survive, we want to thrive. Normal <laughs> is just below average. So for people who are listening, and this is, thank you for bringing this up. Because yeah. most of the times I have people who are telling me, I'm just in the normal range and I have this and I have done yeah. this and I have B12 and I have, you know, my insulin is normal. But I, what really happens, guys, is that nutrition science and all of these information that is being accepted over the globe is probably about 80 or 80 years old at least. And the optimal range, oh, sorry, the average um, range results from anyone who is probably 16 to anyone who is 82 and then they have an average out of that. So you could, your average could be like in real life scenario, could be an 80 year old scanning of someone who was 60 or 70. So you don't want to be average. Average is not what biohackers want to be. You want to be above average, you want to be optimal, and you want to be fully functional to be taking on any challenges in life. And, and just, and also not even about challenges, just to relax because every time you're like, not in the optimal zone or you're like the average i call it below average um your resiliency to any sort of stress or you know activation of this uh, sympathetic nervous system and like trying to be in this rest and digest mode just disappears you get more cranky your hormones go down your thyroid receptors take a big plunge you don't want to be doing that so misha i'm super happy that we sort of like went into this we spoke about this external thing and then we sort of transition into the internal part. Is there anything else when it comes to emotions or something else which we can put yes. into the internal category? So there are two things that happen uh, when clients come to me. Either they've had some really emotional uh, stuff in the past that they've not been able to process. Uh, so I'm also some viewer, right? just yeah. for our viewers. So I understand. Nisha does everything, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they come either with an emotional baggage which is not processed, which is just, which, which is holding. And the second is either they've gone on a super crazy flash diet. Yeah. More than often it's the latter, but when it's combined, again, it's, it's just like disaster. Yeah. Yeah. So these two things, uh, and that's why I talk about emotional health also so much. I talk about positive affirmation because anything and everything that we are on our exterior is just a reflection of how we feel and how we are on the inside. So our aura, our uh, just our normal well-being and how we look, because looking good is a very surface level thing. It's if you don't feel good, there's no way you're going to look good. Mm -hmm. So it all starts from within. That's why 80% uh, of my consultations or even of this podcast uh, is revolving around the internal health. It's about uh, these biomarkers, which we can control. Right, because uh, uh, we are blessed with this uh, machine. Yes, it's a vessel that we all are uh, living in. So why not give it the best? Yeah. When we have the amenities, when we have the knowledge, and we have the resource, why not fortify it with everything that it needs, deserves, mm -hmm. uh, to function at its optimal best? So how do we? How does someone who is listening to this 
maybe they have you know someone's lost a job or they have like a breakup with their girlfriend or they are sort of like in this pandemic and their business isn't doing good so they have some sort of like an emotional stress what are your stress management strategies like a general stress management strategies or how do people sort of get rid of those emotional baggages that are actually putting them under the water rather than like being above the water so that's a very different topic but i would love to address that because sometimes when people come to me they have no external problem that they are doing but it's just internal and i and i always say this there's this beautiful thing that we all have this anchor that we all can come back to as our breath just mm. breathe it yeah. and and not just like you know doing like 10 15 minutes of uh, breath work when you wake up or before you go to bed but throughout the day being conscious of that breath uh that you are inhaling and like not just a shallow breath like mm-hmm. breath that enables you you to fill your diaphragm your lungs your stomach and have that full breathing throughout the day consciously mindfully uh because that brings us to the awareness of now and when we kind of honor the now and the present uh it kind of puts us out of our analytical mind kind of like let's our let we kind of like forget about it we just forget but we put it in the back side of our subconscious and just honor this now and the present that we are in so you're not dancing in this uh, past like uh, problems in the past and worries about yeah, the future yeah and the future it's a uh, it's something that i the, the more i practice this in my life I feel I become like water I flow and not just that I flow things start flowing to me and that's the whole uh, principle of living a optimum fulfilled life mm-hmm. yeah no resistance just flow and breathe because we have this this is a tool that we all are blessed with why not make the most of it what's your favorite breathing technique like is there a certain way that you breathe or there are some numbers you manipulate with or... I do the box breathing I hold okay. I breathe in for four hold for four exhale for four and this is breathing technique I also put my clients through when they come to Sambhavan and uh, for me this has a very uh, tangible profound impact on my well-being it, it, it can be different for different people mm-hmm. even like uh, alternate nostril breathing is uh, something that I practice when I work mm-hmm. so uh, each one to their own but just the fact that we all are blessed with this mm-hmm. just I completely agree that breath is one of the most powerful tools and also it's free. Um, it's free, exactly. Yeah, you don't have to be you don't have to do all these crazy biohacking stuff to yeah. get it. But just it sort of is so powerful to bring you in the present. And also there is a, thank you for mentioning that a lot of people would listening to this would be like, yeah, I am breathing all the time. But are you breathing right? Because on our chest we have something called as a barrel receptors and every time you take a deep normal breath in you're having sort of this shallow breath that activates those barrel receptors and one of the critical functions of the barrel receptors is to increase cortisol so every time you're just breathing fast and you know you're not taking the time to breathe properly and you're not engaging your diaphragm you're engaging your barrel receptors and that's going to increase more stress hormones more cortisol you won't be able to sleep at night you will be angry you'll be frustrated so why do that just take a deep breath inside and sort of control your breathing because one of the other misconceptions a lot of people have had in the past is that they've always said oh you need to breathe more and you need to breathe more so you get more oxygen but the reality is and 
these, this has been made very clear from the beginning of time, from the ancient yogis to the Tai Chi grandmasters to the Shaolin monks. And even in yoga, they say that, you know, your life is every, um, every breath is like a life. And every it's time you, force, right? every time you take a lot of breath, you sort of like get out, take a lot of that life force out. So, and when you look at the scientific community, we also understand that every time, so your red blood cells are the ones that are carrying oxygen, right? They're carrying, they're transporting hemoglobin, they're transporting all this oxygen around. And when you look at sick, worried, or diseased people, most of the time they're breathing like shallow and they're breathing fast. So their breath rate could go anywhere between 21 to 30 times per minute. And wow. yes. And what happens is we don't, so oxygen is being transported through the blood vessels. And what you really need for that oxygen to be dumped into your organs or other cells is like actually carbon follicles. <laughs> or your hair follicles it's carbon dioxide and so this is why i always tell people like when you're like let's say when you were doing box breathing you're yeah. building up a lot of carbon dioxide when you're holding and that build up of carbon dioxide disassociates oxygen from the hemoglobin to be dumped by the red blood cells all over the body so it's difficult um it's difficult when you start but Let's say if you were just breathing, like you take a deep breath in, but release it slowly, and that back pressure will allow for more oxygen to be kind of dumped. So breathing is very interesting, and I think it's been used for millennia now. Exactly. It's been, you know, all the ancient tribes have spoken about some kind of breathing. But if you're listening to this podcast, just you know, breathe, breathe well, and breathe slowly. And every time you breathe slowly, you will be aware of the moment. So thank you for sharing that. Apart from breathing, anything else? Any supplements that we can use to sort of release our stress? Of course. What would, it's, it's what would be your talk? As I said, like the soil is so deficient. Our our day-to-day uh, food is not even come close to in uh, fulfilling that. So I have like very um, like a very cute mnemonic for it. So instead of A B C, it's yeah. I B C. Okay. Uh, Z. So I stands for iron because yeah. as we were just talking about how, how critical it is for our blood yeah. to be able to carry more yeah. blood to various organs. Iron by far is uh, the number one uh, mineral that I see uh, with most women at yeah. a very uh, way below uh, yeah. the normal reference range. And your ferritin has to be uh, not like very high; it has to be eighty for your okay. for you for your hair to be in its thriving state. Yeah. Uh, B12 uh, is B yeah. uh, and your complex ink coming. You have to take a B12 supplement. Okay. I talk about it a lot in my, on my Instagram. Yeah. This, this, this is, it's actually a vegan uh, B12 spray uh, and you can just spray like two or mm-hmm. two sprays. Under so it's something good. Yeah, something good because the absorption rate is a lot I... higher. Uh, that is uh, one. and. Your B12 has to be not 200, 300, it has to be 500 at least. Wow, that's about the most way of us. Most yeah, of, most of us have 200 to 300. Mm-hmm. We think, look, yeah, it's more normal. We don't want normal, as mm-hmm. we said. Uh, then the, sec- the third thing is a little controversial uh, it's collagen. Okay. Uh, not a lot of people uh, want to go that uh, way because of, uh, and I understand religion and yeah. reasons. 
uh, but it is a bad habit. The vegan college doesn't work as much. And there's no, yeah. nothing called as vegan college. Yeah. It should be called something else. It's yeah. not vegan college. Uh, uh, the collagen uh, kind of, um, as we age, about 35, 40, it, uh, our body cannot produce enough collagen. Mm. We, we, we have the ability, but we need to supplement it with collagen. And bovine type 1 and type 3 is the one that is highly researched. Uh, and has uh, a very profound impact. Like your body can emulate, uh, and it understands this type. Uh, I agree because there are twenty-eight different types of collagen, and yeah. like most of the research has been on uh, those uh, numbers, like type one and type three. Exactly. Uh, some research is coming up on type six, and yeah. But um, collagen, yeah, in my opinion as well, is one of the most underrated supplements on this planet because you know you just don't. You need it for hair health, you need it for skin elasticity, it's just so multifunctional. It's, it's anti-aging, yeah, because yeah. The, the glycine in collagen can, I mean, one of the other reasons why a lot of people would sort of like go on a low-protein diet in anti-aging because they think that protein increases this. Um, well, protein, for everyone who's listening, is like a group of amino acids stacked in the perfect order, and the first one in the rank is called an amino acid called methionine. And there has been a lot of theories saying that excess methionine in the body can sort of increase this cellular growth complex called mTOR. Mm -hmm. And when mTOR increases, it reduces, I mean, it uh, starts aging you faster. But there is a hack around it. The hack is in order to suppress methionine, which you will have from, which is good because it's got a metal part, it's uh, from all this methionine rich food like meat and stuff like that. If you counteract that with glycine, it can suppress methionine. And one of the things that has glycine is uh, collagen. So the more collagen you eat, you can suppress methionine and sort of like reduce that M4 complex. And uh, yeah, that's that's a good way to yeah, wow. that's a good way to anti-age. And the, the last one is zinc uh, because zinc. zinc iron are kind of interrelated. So uh, we need to make sure that we are supplementing. It's in around 30 to 50 mg of both. And if you are if you have issues with constipation, I would say a liquid. Uh, what iron. about copper? Because most of the times, what happens is um, the iron, zinc, copper. They're all yeah, yeah. The more you increase your iron or zinc, copper drops, and uh, then you have a multitude of other problems that Correct. comes with the copper deficiency. So you these are these are my top top recommendations yeah. because most of the clients that I've uh, had in the last two years that I've been doing this full time, yeah. I have noticed a significant reduction in these minerals mm -hmm. and uh, hormones. Uh, if you are above fifty five, uh, your DHT as a woman yeah. it cannot be above one twenty eight, and if you are below fifty five, it should not be above three hundred. So these parameters are important in understanding the reason why you're having that problem. Yeah. So once we have these parameters in place, uh, when I know there's an emotional baggage or like a diet issue, addressing these problems just becomes easier, not just for me, for even you, if you're listening to me, go ahead and like, you know. Yeah, try to biohack it yourself. Yeah, biohack it yourself. And this is what I do. I love to empower people with information. That's why I have my online course, which I use in my consultations, because I don't want them to come to me every time like Nisha this no like you know knowledge is key yes but application of that knowledge in our daily lives is what enables us to conquer it all. I completely agree that's why yeah. when I started shift with CJ one of my top priorities and I have this thing everywhere was to the three E's educate, elevate that. and empower people. I love it. And I'm so happy and thank you so much for 
educating, yeah. elevating, <laughs> and empowering people to do everything that you've been doing. So, we've addressed the causes. We've addressed what hair follicles are, the causes, why um, those three big parameters, and now let's and we've sort of like given people solutions on the way itself. Now I would like to jump into what are like okay, tell us about firstly about your product because yeah. uh, that seems to be one of the biggest biohacks. And then after that, we can just sort of like go over some of the new advancements, or you could talk. Uh, even you could. I would like to get your take on some of the myths that are going around in the hair industry because you are obviously much more familiar than all of these things. Like the client might come and tell you, yeah. "Oh, I've heard that this A plus B equals C," but you might think that, "Oh no, science says A plus." It's not there's no way there's no be. <laughs> yeah. So as I said, like vascularity is super important, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Mitra, the sample that I have curated is primarily for people to incorporate this practice in their lives as a daily basis, like mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Like how we go to the gym to like keep our muscles yeah. strong. You have to keep your scalp health uh, nourished, fortified. Mm-hmm. It's just twice a week, like yeah. do it like um, go out of your way and like you know give it that massage, give it that love, uh, and uh, enable it to do what it can do naturally, uh, having all the nourishment with the vascularity, uh, with blood supply, and of course the Ayurvedic herbs and seed has the ability uh, to kind of like um, go systemically mm-hmm. and affect your uh, hair follicles in a much more early vulnerable way. So this um, Ayurvedic formula, that is it a proprietary formula or you can share with us what's inside? Well, yeah, it's something that I curated during lockdown. Okay. And, so uh, what are the main things that power this Ayurvedic formula? Uh, the base oil is obviously these are high molecular uh, oils, which is coconut, rosemary, avocado. These have a high molecular structure, so they kind of like act as a really good base. For me to grow Ayurvedic herbs and seeds mm-hmm. like ashwagandha, rita, brindage, fenugreek powder, mm-hmm. black seed, onion yeah. powder. It's so just very like, typical yeah. ones that I've used, been used in Ayurveda for. Yeah, like there, there, there's a, there, it's 15 ingredients okay, 15 in total, ingredients. which I brew in a double boiling method mm-hmm. so that the oil does not become rancid, it preserves mm-hmm. its molecular structure yet has these herbs and seeds uh, giving out its actual potential benefits. And um, you enhance it with some therapy because your <laughs> mantra is going on and yes. frequencies of <laughs> vibrations coming yes. in. Yes, it's completely handcrafted and I I do believe consistency is the key for everything in life. So massaging your scalp, and I'm not just saying for mantra, like whatever it is that resonates the most with you, if, if you know, uh, who has made it and where you're sourcing your products from, like just be consistent with it till you see the results and then it just becomes like a maintenance protocol. Okay. Yeah, and I and I and I don't say just like stand alone that this is gonna help. You can just use uh your your fingertips to massage your scalp yeah. on a daily basis if you know if, if, if you think the product is expensive and if you think you don't want to buy it yeah. or anything for so that. So how long matter. do I have to um, massage this product on my head? Like let's say if I after hearing this conversation I had to give this a try and someone who's listening might be like, Oh, you know what? guys have come up with really good information and I think I can trust them. If someone buys your product, what's the minimum effective dose? Because again, everyone's busy, everyone's yeah. going to the office, there are 10,000 things and the last thing you want to do is to like 
walk around with an Ayurvedic hair oil. Of Ayurvedic. course, no, no. Any sure. oil, any oil, first of all, as I said, hair is dead. We do not need a hair oil. Mm-hmm. That's why my product is called a scalp oil. It's okay. only meant to be applied on your scalp. Make sure it is uh, used in a few drops around mm-hmm. all over your scalp. And, and that particular product is then massaged inside. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, and I say any product that you're applying on your hair for uh, stimulating the hair for liquids, should not be on your scalp for more than two to three hours. Okay, two to three hours. Can you do? Can you apply this in the night? Yes, then... you can just like have it overnight as well because okay. at that point you're having a localized exposure. Yeah. You're not like moving around where there's no uh, contact of all the environment. So that kind of also is is is, is a is a good way to uh, use the product. Okay, perfect. So, how much does this product cost? For people who are listening, <laughs> right now it's at a very, very uh, affordable price. Interesting. Uh, I've just uh, got the license and everything in place. It's just okay. going to go online. Oh wow! So I think I'm going to keep the prices uh, secret for now. Okay, so we'll um, check Manisha's page, KHDH, to find out what she's been doing. You also have a website, yes, and um, it talks about all of these things. And you're also into sound therapy. So talk to us about uh, what is. Soul Swana. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, you got that right, okay. right now. So Swana is the Sanskrit term for sound mm-hmm. and uh, soul we all, we all have one. So it's the sound of your soul mm-hmm. because I do believe like our gut, our soul is always communicating to us and just honoring that and uh, being in that awareness of what it is trying to communicate to us uh, is the key to everything. Like I think for the longest time, my soul was telling me, you know what, just get into the hair industry. It's a very underserved yeah. market and I think you know enough. Yeah. If only I had heard the sound of my soul yeah. of five, six years ago. Yeah. But I think everything happens everything in the current journey. Time. Yeah. Yes. So you had to go through all of that to serve this market even better. Yes. So, so, what do you do with Soulswana? Like, someone who's listening, they're interested about this name. So what we, is, tell us more. Yeah, so we moderate uh, sound bath meditations. Uh, it uh, starts with uh, guiding people through a small meditation just mm-hmm. so that we can allow their minds to calm down, slow yep. down, silent down. And then we uh, expose them to healing frequencies and vibrations with the vitamin balls uh, and with crystal balls because. Uh, these frequencies kind of attune to your every organ's frequency. It's not no one knows what's the exact frequency of a particular organ. I do. Uh, yeah. Really. Really. Okay. <laughs> and um, in fact, I did not keep uh, a special. I mean, just just over here, people who are listening, you guys can't see, and the people who are seeing, they can't see because it's right behind the camera. There is a big box that was kept, and I've just kept it into the other room. And this box has a machine and it's called Best Bioenergy Stimulation okay. by Jay-Z. Wow. So this is done by one of my friends um, in, he's from Belgium and he is this physiotherapist, doctor who's traveled in the world for more than 40 years and he's learned from ancient Ayurveda, he's learned from traditional Chinese medicine, he's treated world-class athletes. And basically what this he's able to do is he's after 40 years figured out what frequency every organ has and he has well, the machine is quite big and it has different electrodes and it uses microcurrent therapy to talk to every organ, whichever is um, like let's say your kidneys are working well or your heart isn't working well, or your yeah. brain isn't working well. 
So they have like manual electrodes and these different um, electrodes that go into different, very specific uh, parts. And I can show you, uh, that to you later. And they sort of, I don't know this, but they sort of figured out everything. And now you can easily go into their program. Yes. And it's um, a class two medical device. It's, um, or a class one medical device. It's mostly be used in clinics and anti-aging facilities. Not at home. Uh, Not you at can, home. It's, yeah. it's about, it's, uh, we're looking at 70,000 dirhams. Okay. Uh, that's, that's why an investment. That's why you come for sound healing. Yeah. So and that's that's where they probably got it from. They yeah. probably went to different ancient monasteries. And Jack was here on the podcast, and we've we've been keeping in touch. We're going to be um, I'm going to be a part of his team and the uh, Arab Health uh, that's coming up, and we're going to teach people that how like these frequencies from Tibetan bowls or some other mantras or chanting. Yeah. How do you catch that? And then how do you use it with science to sort of like transmit it to the body? Yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, I don't really know how it, uh, the exact frequencies, but I have a machine which I can exactly yeah. type in like kidney or like heart Amazing. or pancreas or, you know, something else yeah. and really talk to that. But yeah, Jack is the person yeah. who knows all of this. But that's how even like uh, Arsha Sound was mm-hmm. invented to cure cancer because they kind of figured out okay, this is the frequency at which we can heal uh, the cancer cells without affecting the adjacent tissues yeah. and organs. So well, yeah, it's it's the, the science is catching up, which is beautiful, and the fact that these alternative healing modalities have been in practice for years, like, it's just that it's coming to surface now. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, medicines. Uh, best kept secret yeah. which is now uh, which is out there now for mm-hmm. more and more people to consume and that's why uh, we at Souls One want to incorporate not just sound healing as a modality for people to experience but also incorporate other healing modalities with it so that you know uh, whenever people come they actually walk out of the feeling refreshed mm-hmm. and it's an experience in itself and again it's just to empower people to know that you know just going to a doctor and pop a pill is not the only solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a, being from a dental background, being, yep. a, being a dentist myself, was never a fan of uh, conventional medicine. Nothing against it, uh, but I do believe uh, these healing modalities have more power in yep. terms of uh, really addressing the root cause. And uh, if you are able to do that, that's it. Okay. That's, I think you just you just empowered, right? And yep. that's the whole point of being. We empowered yep. being and we. Uh, uh, be your own doctor. Yeah, be your own doctor. Uh, I mean, not the kind of doctor you get from Dr. Google, but like, because <laughs> most of the people are now becoming doctors because of Dr. Google. And if you're listening to this show and you're watching this show, and if you want to hear more about sound healing and what frequencies can do, then drop me a text. Maybe we'll have Manisha again for round two, but this time we'll be talking about sound healing and Soulsmana. We could do a part two of this. Well, just let us know what you guys think and we will answer and we will be there to serve you. Now, let's talk about some of the, like, um, now we're at the end of the podcast. Let's try to uh, sum Get it up. Yeah, <laughs> let's try to sum it up and sort of like talk about some of the latest things that are happening, some of the things that you have probably seen that, you know, wasn't really accepted like five years ago or 10 years ago. What is the nuances or what is your. Um, are there some things in research right now that have been... Uh, uh, well, I think hair transplant is something that everyone is aware of. Yeah. Uh, but again, it's a very invasive and it's yeah. a surgical procedure, extremely painful. Uh, but to my uh, research, of I, I keep reading on journals and stuff. There's something that's happening out of uh, California where uh, plant-based pigments uh, can be kind of like transdermally introduced uh, mm-hmm. through your scalp so that 
it mimics your hair follicles. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, so these actually, are not peptides. Uh, I am not sure if they are peptides, but I think it's plant based, so okay. uh, no chemical. Yeah. There. So yeah, I know about peptides uh, having a very profound uh, impact yeah. on your hair growth, but again, that's chemical for me yeah. because I I deal more with holistic product which holds to uh, use the innate ability of our body mm-hmm. uh, to uh, do what it can do best. So my research revolves more around more of natural stuff. So this is something which I am keeping my eye out where it is non-surgical. It's just like kind of injected. Yeah. It's something like PRP, but in PRP yeah. we use our own platelets. Yeah. Uh, again, again, I, I think uh, PRP has done uh, quite a bit of uh, like like. I would say like a revolution mm-hmm. of sorts where people don't want to go the surgical route yeah. in terms of growing hair because it's, it uses your own platelets to mm-hmm. activate the hair follicles and give you new hair growth. But after platelet uh, PRP treatment, this is uh, something I'm uh, keeping my eye out for because it actually mimics your hair follicles in a way that it produces hair uh, not just in a natural way but it's permanent. Mm-hmm. So the people who are listening to this and who don't have a health background would just be like, what did she just say? Wait, <laughs> yeah. let, so let me just explain it to you guys. What Manisha is talking about is called PRP, platelet rich plasma, where basically a certain part of your, I mean, from your arm, they'll, you go into a lab, they'll take some blood out of your arm, they'll put it in the centrifuge and they'll spin it at abnormally high speeds and yeah. they'll remove you know, certain components of it and then they will put it back in your body and that sort of like increases. That is what we were talking about. It kind of like, it's like uh, inducing some sort of trauma. So your body's own healing mechanism can induce uh, more blood flow to that. Basically, vasculality yeah. is the key here. It's gonna... So we're looking at something. What about derma rolling then? Have you ever seen any data on derma rolling? I have not tried derma rolling, but a lot of influencers talk about it. Uh, Again, it's very anecdotal, based on their personal experience. But I would say any procedure that involves a little bit of an invasion, uh, you should always do it out of a professional clinic Mm -hmm. and uh, always do it under someone's supervision because uh, it can cause some sort of Mm cross infection if you're not not sanitized your derma roller as well. So I cannot use my derma roller on my head. (laughs) <laughs> well, I wouldn't really recommend it, but because you have the awareness and the information, I yeah. think you would take care of every step okay. that is involved. But uh, for all those who are listening, please do another professional situation. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> not, we're not, this is, um, this is just a biohacker's opinion. And I, and one of the things that came to my mind when you were talking about this plant is like, we all know that plant phenols and polyphenols and flavonoids and all of these things have a certain, yeah, they have, they're so powerful in their antioxidant capacity. And also, one of the things that has caught my attention recently was this extract of a plant called uh, GG. It's called Geranoil Geranoil. Okay. And uh, basically, it's, it's being tested now. And it has the ability to scavenge a lot of free radicals, increase a lot of ATP production. And um, yeah, you could, it's not a topical. You Most of the people are using it to increase their hormonal health and a lot of... Um, it's not specific to health. Uh, no, it's not, but it could if you can if you can release like the molecules or the yeah. daltons in the in the uh, the GG itself, and if you can if someone can find like a topical application, I would completely agree because yeah. 
the person who's come up with this is a Malaysian scientist and he lives in the US and they have previously been looking at all of these tocopherols and tocotrienols for all of these anti-aging things and now according to him he thinks that GG is one step above everything else so maybe in the future we'll see something with GG or some other plant pigmentation so that I'm comes in. So one that is also uh, like you know it comes in a capsule or tablet okay. form where, where it's a natural DHT what is it blocker. So okay, so it's a, yeah, it's yes, a, it's a natural DHT blocker. For me, as we just spoke, I'm not a big fan of blocking DHT completely systemically. So for me, I'm looking actually out for uh, something mm. which is gonna block the DHT blocker topically. Yeah. So uh, just because if it's it's about hair, I would uh, like to have like a localized implication of mm -hmm. any supplement that I'm prescribing. Like I don't really go out and tell people okay, use minoxidil or use asteroid unless and until uh, it's come through like somebody like a, like a trichologist has yeah. you know. Uh, prescribed it. I don't take the authority yet, uh, but I know how these uh, chemicals work. Like yeah, even yeah. like if, if someone comes to me and says, "Okay, what are the three main things that you would tell me to never have any hair issue?" I would firstly say have a regular scalp oil massage, mm -hmm. uh, which I will have after this podcast. <laughs> I haven't had it in a while. <laughs> have a low inflammatory uh, lifestyle. Have uh, as low inflammatory yeah. uh, food. Yeah. Number two and number three which I think a lot of people are diving into is have you heard of low level light therapy? I'm low sure. level light therapy. But not LED but low level like turbo well, laser caps. Well um, there is a there is a very big light panel right next to you. Yeah. That's and there is a whole big light panel over there so and there are some light mats in the other room so I'm sort of aware about this. Yeah so these light therapies. Yeah. Light therapies, and I know you know the science, it kind of like uh, alters the trip cycle yes. yeah. uh, mechanism that's happening. I read so, this back in biochemistry, but now I understand the relatability. Let me, let me, let me yeah, try to explain to the listeners. So basically what happens is every time you had red and near infrared light, so red light anywhere between 600 to 650 nanometers and infrared light, which is invisible light, which we also get from the sun, and um, around 850, 830 to 850 nanometers. Every time these lights, they have this unique ability to penetrate deep down your skin and not just the surface level, they can penetrate into your bones, into the skull, into the brain tissue, into the heart. And what it does primarily or why red light therapy has become so famous is because it sort of rearranges the water in your cells so it makes them more exclusion zone water which Dr. Gerard Pollock from the University of Washington has been researching and basically we've thought that water comes in three forms but no there's another form of water which are present in plants which sort of is like this gel-like structure it's not ice it's not gas it's not liquid it's gel and every time you increase this gel-like water in your body uh, you sort of like increase a lot of this energy production and normally naturally when the water is flowing through rivers and streams one of the ways to make it gel-like is when sunlight hits it and they have some sort of a grounding effect so you can you can sort of like mimic this in your body by letting your body absorb this natural red and near infrared light and also it acts on the mitochondria which is this energy supplies of our body and in hair growth or like preventing hair loss, I think red light therapy allows for the dissociation of nitric oxide from this mitochondrial complex called cytochrome C oxidase. So it's the fourth chain, the fourth uh, complex in the respiratory chain in the mitochondria. And when that happens, you produce a lot of energy. 
and that energy can be used for you know just your hair health or your mental health or your physical health it's just energy so you can sort of like use that energy and um there is an enzyme there's a molecule called atp and atp is your cellular energy that increases you reduce free radicals you increase cell migration cell proliferation uh, and uh, you know stem cells and so many other things so i think red light acts on yes. those uh, those mechanisms and i honestly feel that red light not just for hair but for yeah, everything everything because it's, it's cellular regeneration that's happening from within yeah. so yeah that's a beautiful insight thank you for explaining the krebs cycle so beautifully as a, as a dental student i never understand understood krebs cycle yeah krebs cycle is a bit complex <laughs> it is I, i'm just a fan of the mitochondria and, i love mitochondria yeah and now exactly. i'm just moving more I was in the mitochondrial camp for many years and I'm looking more into the peroxisomes and their uh Oh wow, so, interesting. Yeah. You're a true biohacker. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> what else? We've got red light therapy. What else? Scalp oil massage, no inflammatory diet. These are the top, top, top mm-hmm. three recommendations if you really want to have PRPs. PRPs, again, that's like a preventative yeah. protocol. Right now I'm talking about things that you can do on a daily basis yeah. just for your hair health. Just for have you heard about uh c60 c60 molecule yeah it's uh it's uh, it's doing quite a round in the hair growth industry hair restoration industry uh-huh. yeah. and yes. uh, what do you what are your views on it since i have not personally used it i have only read about it and yeah. it does have uh incredible results yeah i have seen it yeah. uh again i've just read through it mm. i have come across people who used it uh, on social media but again no personal experience uh, so to speak and uh, i would not incorporate any chemical as yet in mm-hmm. any of my formulations mm-hmm. because right now i'm creating a beard oil and a hemist with sunscreen which oh, wow. is 100% natural Amazing. so c60 wouldn't be uh, anywhere close to my realm of interest as of yeah. now because i do everything scratch like by yeah. myself yeah, unless i do my team expands and goes into this whole uh, revolution of science and uh biohacking with products maybe then but yeah. for now it's one product at a time <laughs> interesting c60 is interesting because uh, about 4 years ago when i first uh, learned about yeah i think it was 4 years ago i first learned about c60 c60 was the only molecule and, and for anyone who's listening it's like this carbon atoms there are 60 sphere faced uh, shaped carbon atoms that are joined together and um it's like super black in color normally it's with a carrier oil it could be with coconut oil or mostly with an olive oil And also grape seed oil. Yeah, the grape seed oil. It prom- the promises is it's one of the most anti-aging compounds because again it it acts as a major antioxidant and it reduces free radicals. And in my studies, they're the only molecule that has been able to extend lifespan by ninety percent or ninety-five percent is C sixty. And just because it couldn't reduce free radicals, you know, you could apply it topically. So four years ago. when this was all in research yeah i have a bottle down in the freezer uh, in my fridge and uh, for some reason i did not because it was so expensive to get it it was c60 at that time was super expensive and in my bottle it even says like research purposes only not say for human consumption so i had to get it out of the lab to experiment with it at that time i had like amazing health so i yeah. stored it and kept it for times that i'm super sick and when i'm super sick i really use it And? and it and it helps but i never use it on a constant basis because i feel like all the other things that i'm doing is already um good enough good enough and just adding like 
150 to 200 dollars on a monthly budget just for carbon 60 is is that how much the bottle costs or one uh, yes. it's like well, how much the bottle costs but i'm sure this was four years ago so now there must be more more companies are sort of like uh taking advantage yeah. and also like one of the things that i always tell people is um when we spoke about the mitochondria and the red light therapy but honestly I don't want to give people an impression that biohacking is super expensive exactly. and it's crazy yeah. because you could invest in a 5,000 dirham light panel or you could just do some fasting because we know that fasting via this um, via this ancient method of recycling your cells called autophagy yeah. can also increase mitochondrial health, mitochondrial performance. And if you wake up early, I'm not a fan of waking up super early in the morning, but either early morning when it's sunrise or late evenings when there's sunset if you go outside and if you're sort of sun gazing you're allowing for the same exact red and near infrared light naturally coming from the sun to penetrate into your cells and to cause the same action of course it's not going to be as powerful as a red light panel but that's a cheaper fix for anyone who and you know there's been anecdotal evidence of like just sun gazing by itself increases so much of energy. I would argue it's because of that infrared and red light acting on the mitochondria itself. Yeah, because our eyes also have photoreceptors, exactly. not just the skin, and that kind of even our yeah everything has everything yeah. has photoreceptors. So perfect, we've talked so much, and I <laughs> I, and I haven't even seen the time like I normally do. <laughs> so um, it is been so interesting to have you here thank you so much for all the work that you've done all the knowledge that you've spread all the products that you've created and i'm waiting to see like the next product that is coming i say all the products because i know there is some in the line already yes. but my last question to you is if you had a time machine and if you could go back in time yeah. and if you could tell yourself your younger self one thing whether it be about health finance relationships stress management something if you could give your younger self an advice what would that be well oh, that's a very interesting question i didn't think mm -hmm. you would uh, throw something like that at me but i think uh, where i am at today and uh, the reason why i have uh, been able to like you know let go of my corporate career my dentistry it's just been this one thing that i uh, was always very attached to and i was I believed in myself and uh, I would tell this to my younger self like just keep going believe in yourself because uh, when we believe in ourselves and we keep constantly telling us positive things and I, that's why I talk about internalizing positive mm -hmm. affirmations uh, so much because our subconscious doesn't know what's happened and what's gonna happen mm -hmm. it only believes with uh, what's in the now and when you choose to tell yourself the best story uh, you kind of believe it's already happened mm -hmm. So fake being, it till you make it. Fake it till you make it. Feel it how you would feel when you have uh, believed in yourself and done something. Mm -hmm. And just be in that feeling. Let your body experience that bliss and keep going. I, I, I love that. And <laughs> that is you. something that anyone who's listening, if you have a younger child, if you, are, you, know, you have a cousin who's growing up, one of the most important things that you can put into their subconscious mind is to believe in themselves is to have trust, confidence, faith, hope with whatever is going to work out. You know, the universe is conspiring things in a certain way that everything that is working out is working out for your best, ex 
experience in your favor and that is not just limited to kids you can have this in your own life because that is really what's happening so there can be challenging times and life could be like a roller coaster you don't want to always want to go up you want to come down so you can go up again and uh, yeah let's just start playing keep playing this game life and enjoy it this is me cj signing out from the ship with cj podcast with dr manisha i hope you guys have a great day a great week and energetic year a great lifetime ahead of you thank you manisha thank you for having me it's a pleasure your time and presence with us through this podcast is highly appreciated if you want to learn more then head over to our website www.shiftwithcj.com